welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. And so we want to find if the way is called holiness, and that is what I need to see the Lord, I want to find out what that is as defined by the Word of God. Amen. And um, we talked about this, and I'm not going to do a a tremendous amount of recap, uh, but we talked about last week, uh, we we talked about Ephesians, and we talked about the simple do's and don'ts of the spirit of holiness and how we need to have the right attitude and the right spirit, and we went through the lists of the do's and the don'ts. And we talked about how that, that God... God not only desires for us to be holy, but he commands us to be holy through his word. Amen. Ephesians 4 and 22 through 24 says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is a corrupt, that which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Amen. So we need the Holy Ghost to renew us. Amen. When we talk about the spirit of holiness, we know we can have the spirit of holiness because he gives us the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so that is so important for us to understand. Uh, Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses uh, 15 through 16, he says, uh, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. Uh, then Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 11, then Peter writes again and says, seeing that, seeing then all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation? and godliness. Amen. And we talked about uh, how important that was. Uh, We talked about how that we needed uh, to endeavor to be like Jesus, because that's what Christian really means. It means to follow after Christ. Amen. And uh, if someone is calling themselves a Christian without being a follower of Christ, amen, uh, if they claim to be Christ-like or a follower of Christ without holiness, then we have no right to that term because that term tells us that we are trying to be like Christ who is holy, amen. And so we need to be followers of him and and to be holy, amen. Uh, holiness is the most natural way of life for the born-again child of God. Let, let me let me kind of break that down because it's not natural to our flesh, but once we are filled with the Spirit, it becomes a natural way of life if we are pursuing the Spirit of God. Amen. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, you're very familiar with this, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. And so we, we, want, we want to have holiness in our life because our life before Christ was unholy. And so when he puts his Holy Spirit in us, 
It's that we could pursue the spirit of holiness. Amen. And so I, I know some may think that it's just semantics or me just twisting the words to, to make it sound unique, but that's in the Bible. Amen. And so he puts his Holy Spirit in us that we, that we could be holy because we can't be without him. Amen. We can't be without him. We, we've got to have the right attitude and the right spirit when it comes to holiness. We, we began to live a holy life by making certain that our spirit is right. If one spirit is carnal or sour or bitter, it's impossible for us to be victorious. The right spirit comes as we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So through the Holy Spirit, we bring our flesh under subjection to the Spirit of Christ. Amen. Romans 8 and 9 would say it this way, um, and this is why the spirit baptism is, is necessary to be victorious uh, and to have a holy life because Romans 8 and 9 says, Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And so without the spirit of Christ or the Holy Spirit, we don't belong to the Lord. Amen. Why? Because we can't be holy without it. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Amen. The right spirit permits us to be spiritual and be free from the law of sin. It, it, it will, it will, we will live a life of spiritual victory rather than condemnation, according to Romans 8 and 1 through 2. And I know I touched on some of this, but uh, I want to I use that as a leaping off point. Amen. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, for the law of spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. I am glad I am free from the law of sin because of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Praise God. And and so we 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 kind of talked about how we've got to come out from that mindset of, of carnality, amen. Because of this newly found and newly obtained freedom, we can live free from sin. And because we live, live free from sin, we need to have the right mindset when we approach living for God. Because living for God is not a free-for-all. Living for God isn't, well, you know, now, now I'm a Christian. I, I went to church and I repeated a prayer and so now I'm a Christian, and then go back out and do everything that we used to do without any, without any change. Because the Bible lets us know that, that when he puts his spirit in us, amen, we become, we become different after we pursue him. We don't pursue the things that we used to pursue. Can you say amen? We don't chase after the things that we used to chase after. We become different by the grace of Almighty God. Amen. And uh, I, I, I want to kind of um, settle in on this for a second, that we have to have the right attitude when coming out of, uh, of the world and following after Christ because it, it is very easy for us to latch on to ideologies and philosophies and other uh, other groups of Christianity and say, well, let me choose the one that I like. Which version of, of the Bible are they going to preach that requires less 
life alteration, mind alteration, heart alteration. Amen. And 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 so this is where where we are in in Christianity sadly today is that uh, we have larger buildings than we ever had but the gospel is being preached less than it's ever been preached because it's built around entertainment and not around the word amen and uh, i believe that through the word i i i believe and i and I know you believe this too, but I believe there's there, there's going to be a day that that uh, soon upon us that this this whole building would be about the size of one of our restrooms in the building in the future. Amen. Uh, God God's going to grow this church because people are hungry, hungry for truth. Uh, they've been let down by false teachers for so long, and uh, they have they have they have tried to deceive people by. By making the gospel uh, more palatable, easier to swallow, without change. Amen. With the born-again experience of salvation comes a fervent love for God and his word. Let me say this. The new man in Christ does not find the life of holiness burdensome or restrictive. When we are born again of the Spirit, and we are, the Bible says His Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth. And when that happens, His Spirit leads us through the Word. And as we begin to see it, we back away from things that displease God. And it's really that simple. It's, there's really, it's not that complicated. If, if God doesn't like it, I, I shouldn't do it. Amen. And then people make the mistake of thinking, well, if, you know, if I, I'm being blessed, you know, I've got food in the refrigerator, I've got a nice car, and I, well, certainly God doesn't mind this, or wouldn't I be destitute living under a bridge somewhere? No, because, because God, is, God is full of mercy and he's full of grace. And one of the saddest things is if we mistake God's grace for God's approval. Amen. Uh, because the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. And so we can't say, well, I, I'm blessed. I feel the presence of God and I'm, I'm, I'm doing these things that I know aren't right. And so therefore God is making an exception for me. Or maybe I'm walking in a different connection with God than others. But it's really this simple. If God loves it, I love it. And if God doesn't like it, I don't want to like it. Amen. And that's where the joy for the Christian comes in living a holy life. Because you live for the things that please the Lord. Amen. If a person really loves Jesus, then we're going to desire to please Jesus. With the love of Jesus comes the love for his word. Amen. Somebody, somebody says, I'm a Christian, and they don't read their Bible. Back up the term Christian. You can't even love God without reading your Bible. Amen. We, we need to, and that's not a statement of, of, of condemnation. That, that's a statement of we need to reevaluate this. Amen. That's like saying I love my spouse, but you never see them, never talk to them. Right? 
you got to have that connection. And to know Jesus, you got to know him through his word. Prayer without Bible reading is not enough. Bible reading without prayer is not enough. They go hand in hand. It's a relationship, amen? We're one of those really strange churches. We'll actually encourage you to read your Bible, to talk to God, to listen to what is taught and then go home and search it and make sure what you're being taught is the truth. And the biggest complaint I have is, well, pastor, you use so much scripture, it's really hard to go home and verify everything. That's a good problem. We're not going to give you half a scripture in 45 minutes of opinion and psychology. It's the word. Amen. Praise God. Uh, uh, to the same degree that one loves righteousness, they will abhor sin. They will hate sin to the same degree they love righteousness. A believer will have no problem with sin and worldliness if we love Jesus. Herein is found the secret of understanding the message of holiness and putting it into practice by everyday living. The secret is this. Love Jesus and not the world. Amen. I, 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 um, well, the Bible says it this way. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Amen. Uh, and this is, this is where prayer and Bible reading starts changing. Those things you don't think you can let go of. When you pray and get in your word and you fall in love with Jesus, have a relationship with him, all of a sudden, you know, the old, so, the old song said, the things of this world grow strangely dim. The things I used to love, I don't love anymore. Places I used to go don't, don't, even, don't even appeal to me. Matter of fact, things I used to do, places I used to go, things I used to say, now looking back from a life of a believer and a life of holiness, I look back at it. With with dis, with disgust, I I can't believe I used to do that. I, I would be mortified if you ever saw me in that state. And and that's what that's what the spirit of holiness and the Holy Spirit will do in your life. Amen, amen. So we got to have the right attitude and the right spirit. If one spirit is carnal, sour, or bitter, it's impossible to be victorious. It's impossible to be victorious without our hearts, amen, being made clean and being made pure before him, amen. Um, when we have the victory through living a life filled with uh, the Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us, it's not that, it's not that you're never going to be tempted again. But you love the one in whom you're in a relationship with so much that the temptation is not nearly as appealing. Because the believer with the right spirit and the right attitude does not feel the need to question valuable standards of holiness. 
a, a believer, a, a born-again believer walking in the Holy Spirit will not need to justify themselves in questionable circumstances. Because if God looks down upon it, I, I just don't want to be a part of it. I, I use the analogy of, of marriage and dating, and it's, it really is such a good analogy. You do those things that, that, that your spouse loves, that they enjoy, uh, because you hopefully want to keep them around. Amen. You know, a lot of times, you know, you, you, you kind of hit that marital slump after a few years. And, uh, of course, psychology and the world's got all kinds of great ideas of how to spice up a marriage. Uh, about 15 years ago, the most hip thing was that if you really wanted to renew the love and the romance in a marriage, then you needed to go have an affair. Psychology taught, I don't know if many of y'all remember, that was 15 or 20 years ago. They were really pushing this idea. You just go out and have a fling. It'll help your marriage. Yeah, that turned out to be disastrous. Could have told them that. Oh, no, but they think the Bible is this outdated book of superstitions. No, this Bible's got a lot of wisdom. Matter of fact, it has all wisdom in it. But, it, but it's as simple as this. One of the, and, and I don't, this isn't a marriage seminar, and I don't want to bog you down in this, especially because so many people here have perfect marriages, and it's just a waste of air. But if, if, uh, <laughs> but one of the first things you can do is if the marriage hits a slump is go, am I doing now what I did to get them? Right? I, I, I think I use the example, at least I think I did in Woodland. You know, my, my wife likes the color blue on me. She said, hey, it just brings out your blue. I wear blue all the time. I happen to like blue, but because she likes blue on me, I wear blue all the time. I'd be a dummy to walk around wearing brown or gray all the time. She likes blue. I'm blue. Call me a Smurf, Amen. <laughs> if that turns a crank, I'll, I'm blue, Amen. Well, the, the the same principle applies because it's actually originated in a relationship with God. If God gets joy out of it, then I need to continue to do that. Re remember when you were first saved, when you were first converted. I love. If you have not uh, had a chance to hear Sister Mindy Strickland's testimony when she was saved, it's she got a great testimony. It's I mean it's so cool, and I'm not gonna you know she won't say this, but and I'm gonna say this because it's really an attention grabber, and then you'll you'll be like really, and then you need to hear the rest of her test. Her father owned the Denver Broncos. So I'm not saying that's so like, well, I'm saying that to say that when she got saved, she had to walk away from a lot of things and a lot of pool, right? And, and I, she's talked to me about, you know, her, her uh, testimony. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by people's conversion coming to the Lord. And you remember when you first got saved and, and you were looking at your Bible like, what more can I do? Like, like is, is, is that what he wants? I'll do it. Remember that? 
Then you serve God a few years, and you're like, I got it. I got it. And the Lord says, no, 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 you got a lot, but there's still a little more. That was actually a lot of more. Amen. And, and the Lord said, but I want that. We go, mm, mm, not that. I like that. But I, I and God says, but, but I don't. Well, God, can you live with it? But, but that was never the question. The question was, can you live without it? Because it's never an issue. As, it's not even really an issue. Is it, well, God's just going to send me to hell because if he ain't going to send me to hell, I'm not, that's not even the issue. The issue is, that is he pleased with it? Because a spirit of holiness says, whatever I lay aside to be like him, I will count it as joy. Amen. Y'all getting anything out of this tonight? I I haven't even raised my voice yet. Amen. The delight of a Christian's heart is to live as much like Jesus as we possibly can. A a true Christian will have questions like, like this. How can I live more like, like Christ? Or, or we'll ask this in a situation, we'll say, will, will this glorify my Lord? Used to, when we had questions about activities or anything that we were going to do, used to, we didn't go to Google, we went to the book. What, is, what does God think about this? You know, your children come to you all the time. What do you, what do you think about it? Dad, what do you think of this? Mom, what do you think? And, and the reason why they do this is because you are the ultimate authority in their life at that age. They think you know everything. Then they start growing up and realize you don't. Plug your ears, Addy. There's some day it'll click. They'll come to you with a math question. You know, when it was, you know, like 12 plus 12, you, I mean, you're just like 24. And they just look at you like, Remember when your kids looked at you just shocked you had that much knowledge in your head? Dad, what's 10 plus 11? 21. Walking into the room, you can feel them. My father's a genius. Then they bring you math in it. So, Dad, can you help me with this? Is this math? Yeah? Then they start putting letters in there. They got letters in it? Hmm. I'm pretty tired of that. It's too beneath me. Go, Go ask your mother. Amen. God is our ultimate authority. And as believers, we should be going to God like children to their parents. God, what do you think about this? Can, can you help me with this? And go to his book. Believe it or not, that Bible has the answer to any question you have. Now, some people are thinking, oh, pastor, don't say that. 
because they may not find the answer, then you don't have as much confidence in the Bible as I do because it's there. There are some things that Christians will not do. There are some things Christians will not become involved with because we want to please him. These things, they won't disturb us because we can't be involved in them or we won't be involved in them because our mind has been consecrated on not the things we don't get to do by the things we are getting to do. Amen. Our whole approach to the life of holiness, when you take that approach, changes from negative to positive. The right spirit and the proper attitude of the Christian causes us to be directed by godly principles and let these principles guide us in a godly life. For instance, our love for Jesus will cause us to lose all love for the world and the things of the world. This love for Jesus creates a desire in our hearts to be more Christ-like in every area of our life, thought, speech, and action. This love for Jesus will focus our eyes upon him and say, that's what I want to be like, and not look to the world and say, that's what I want. We'll endeavor at all times to be proper, a proper example both to our fellow Christians and to the unsaved. We want to live as a light and a witness. We won't judge others with harsh, harsh condemnation, but we will find a way to encourage the weak brother to overcome. We'll find a whole lot less criticism flowing out of us and a whole lot more blessing flowing out of us. A victorious life of holiness is possible if the believer keeps their attitude right and maintains the right spirit. Amen? Next, the next point I want to talk about is that holiness is from the Lord. Holiness is from the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 13 through 16 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Let me read those same scriptures to you in the, in the New Living Translation. It says it like this. So prepare your minds for action and exercise in self-control. But we don't talk about self-control a whole lot. We leave that up to the motivational speakers, the weight loss gurus, the financial gurus. We, we leave it all up to, but the Bible talks about self-control. Matter of fact, the word disciple is a derivative of its root word, discipline. You won't hear that at the mega whatever. They say, go do it. Feel good. Do it. 
In Jesus' name, just do it and say, I love God. Okay. Self-control is a part of the life of a believer. That, you know, that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest issues with, with us Americans. If you just boil it down, we got no self-control. We want it, and we want it now. Say, Pastor, I don't know, I think you're being a little harsh. Yeah, wonder, wonder how many credit cards at 25% you have. Got to, got to get that store card and go on that shopping spree. Got to get all that Amazon stuff. And, and none of that in and of itself is bad. But when we have no self-control, we're compulsive in our spending. I've had so many people, Brother Chase, come to me, and I know they have you too. I want to give so much more to God. I really want to give some, but I'm in so much debt. Well, the Bible says that the, the borrower is a slave to the lender. I'm not no slave. You, yes, you are if you're in a whole lot of debt. That's what the Bible said. You can say what you want. I like driving my new car. love my new pickup truck. Your truck? Miss three payments and tell me about your truck. I know people got more expensive, their, their vehicle payments more expensive than their rent or their mortgage. Because they want to look good. They, they, want, they want to put that image out there. Living maxed out. I, I don't think, now listen, if, if you're in debt, uh, God can help you get out when you prioritize him. I believe that. I've seen God do it. We've seen God do that with so many people. And you, you know, people pull up here on Sundays and probably think, man, this is a rich church. Look at all these nice vehicles and look at all this. And what you don't understand is how God has, how God has brought us along by giving us kingdom concepts of putting him first and living according to his word. And when you let holiness touch your finances. And, 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 and start clearing that up. So many people got $1,500, $500 limit credit cards at 29%, paying that minimal, only got a $150 clearance on it at the end of the month and just charging everything up because I want to be seen with my Starbucks or Dutch Bros or whatever it is. I want to be seen with that, my cool vehicle. Hey, hey, you're loving the world too much. Starbucks ain't a sin. Dutch Bros ain't a sin. A nice car ain't a sin. A nice purse and suit and clothes and shoes. None of that's a sin. But when you live to show it, amen. You know, and Gaylene, they used to teach like this all the time when I was growing up. Amen. So we got to love Christ. If I want anything to be shown of me, I want Jesus to be seen. More than I want my Air Jordans to be seen. I want Jesus. I, I don't have any Air Jordans, but if I did. And the reason why I don't wear Air Jordans, not because they're a sin, is because I don't wear tennis shoes that much. Because I scuff them up. And as much as them things are and they get scuffed up, I wouldn't be happy. Amen. So exercise some self-control. You know, that's why we need to fast. 
okay, pastor, pray for me. I'm going to. I'm going to fast coffee for the next 10 days. Brother, you don't even drink coffee. I know, but I'm fasting it. You don't drink coffee. It might be your problem to begin with. Amen. (laughs) Somebody said, you may not die from not, I may not die from uh, not having coffee, but you might. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You, you you know what's amazing is how how science is starting to catch up with the Bible. The biggest trend of late has been fasting, and we Bible believers are going, "Duh, we've been preaching this for thousands of years." Welcome. Amen. You, you, you want exercise self-control is what Peter said. You want to see who's in control? Let me, let me help you out. You want to see who's in control? Don't eat any sugar or sweets for 24 hours. Please warn your family once you do that. Because they're going to be calling the police saying, They've lost their mind. You, you got to come here with the paddy wagon and rubber sheets and everything and throw them away. Because you, I mean, put, put, away, put away any kind of bread or sugar for 24, 48 hours. You'll find out real quick who's in control. But you know what the Bible said? You need to give it up sometimes. You want to know why? Because when you do it for the Lord... That is you telling your flesh, you're not in control. God's in control. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Do not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, verse 15, but... Now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. One of the greatest attributes of God is that of holiness because holiness is the very nature and the very essence of his being. 1 John 1 and 5 says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In him, there's not even a shadow of darkness because God is perfect in righteousness and in moral purity. God can neither sin nor can God tolerate sin. Amen. God only, only God rather, is truly holy. He is the only source of, absolute pure perfection and true holiness. And since there is only one God, there can be only one source which is sacred and has holiness. Because of God's righteousness, there is a separation between God and sinful man. For this reason, because of sin, fellowship with God was broken. It's not because God, it's not because 
God is omnipotent and man is impotent that fellowship is hindered. It's because God is holy and man is sinful that there cannot be fellowship between God and the unregenerated man. In order to be holy, we have to go to the source of holiness, which is Jesus Christ. We can only live a holy life with the Holy Spirit in us. We cannot be holy without the Holy Spirit. Endeavoring to be holy through one's own strength will lead to a life of frustration, defeat, and condemnation. It is God who sanctifies. It is God alone who creates a life of holiness in those that follow after him. Apart from God, there is only defeat and failure. Now, I want you to focus in on this. And I'm, I've got the wing dipped and I see the runway light, so you can breathe easy. But I want you to catch this. When, when, when God spoke to Moses, you remember that in the wilderness? So important. You got to catch this. When God spoke to Moses, it took the presence of God within a burning bush. You remember that? When the presence of God got into a dried out acacia bush and began to burn, but there was no smoke. And that fire was rolling in there. God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, take off your shoes. That dirt you're standing on is holy. But what made that dirt that moments earlier had just been dirt holy? It was the presence of a holy God that made worthless dirt become sacred and holy, so holy that Moses would have to pull his shoes off before he approached it. What I'm trying to tell you, without the Holy Spirit, we cannot be holy. I cannot be holy of myself. I don't have the power to be holy. I don't have the capability or the goodness within me to be holy, except the Holy Spirit make me holy. That's how his spirit can come into the life of worthless, broken, frail humanity like this. The Bible says, Brother, Brother Kirk, that we are made from the dust of the earth. And when he fills me with his Holy Spirit, he empowers me to pursue a life of holiness that can even make this breathing dirt holy by his spirit. Only the presence of God can turn a sinful man into a saint of God. Under the law, mankind could only be righteous by doing righteously. Under the error and the dispensation of grace that we live in, one can do righteously because we have been made righteous by Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, righteousness was imputed for, for obedience. In the New Testament, righteousness is both imputed and directly imparted by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
it is a man's responsibility to bring himself under the sanctifying influence of the Holy Spirit. Notice I said the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. But it will influence you. Amen. Amen. Be careful the influences you allow in your life. That they don't drown out the influence of the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, righteousness is imparted to us because of the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a man's responsibility to bring himself under the influence of the Holy Ghost. And when a man is cold, he can bring himself to the fire and be warmed. Only one who is unholy can come to Jesus and be made holy. And through faith and obedience, we can keep ourselves under the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit in our life. This enables us to live a life of victory and to live a life of holiness amen amen and let me conclude with this final point holiness is from the heart it starts there but it doesn't stop there we used to sing the old song Jesus on the inside working on the outside oh what a change in my life well it starts in the heart some believe that holiness is, ab- is an abstract, mystical, angelic piousness that has no real application in everyday living. I'm gonna pr- I want to prove that to be false because holiness is nothing more or nothing less than living a righteous, pure life in the sight of God. Holiness affects, the a- the, the, it affects every aspect of a person's life. All of our, it will affect all of our attitudes, our moods, our emotions. Start being controlled by the spirit of holiness. The manner of a person's conduct, speech, dress, and recreation is all a direct result of the condition of their heart and of their mind. The heart is, the Bible says, the heart is the seat of our emotions. And the Christian's entire life is an expression of what dwells in their heart. Matthew 12 and 34 says, For out of the abundance of the out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So when people say, I didn't mean to say that, yes, you did. It came right up out of your heart. What you put in you will come out of you. See, the problems we have don't flow from the outside in. Our problems flow from the inside out. Jesus said it's not what comes in a man that defiles him, but it's what, this ain't in my nose, but I'm about to preach right now. I may save this for Sunday. Jesus said it's, it's, It's not what's coming into you that's defiling you. It's what's going out of you. So you think your problem is all the stuff that's happened to you. I'm going to detour for a minute. We think all our problems in our life is everything that's happened to us. 
No, your problem is what's flowing out of you. Amen. And if we're ever going to be changed, we've got to confront the issue that what happened to me is not my problem. My problem is what I'm letting flow out of me as a result. Because I can't help what happens to me. But I can help what comes out of me. I can't help that I suffered abuse, but I can help that I released bitterness. I can't help that people lie on me, but I can help that I tell the truth. I can't help the fact that somebody or some situation did me wrong, but I can help that I don't let hate and anger and bitterness flow out of me. From out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So, matter, so no matter what happens to me, I'm going to let the right things flow out of me. Well, what is the right thing to flow out of me, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. For out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, but this spake ye of the Spirit. We need to let Christ flow out of us. Amen? This is, a true, per, this is true of a person's speech as well as their entire manner of conduct, that what's in a person's heart is expressed by the way they talk, by the way they act, by the way they look, by the way they interact with other people, because what's in the heart cannot be kept hidden. If God's presence is there, it's going to be revealed through testimony and salvation and a life of holiness. And others will know whether or not that person is a Christian by the outward expressions of their heart. If a believer's love is fixed on Jesus Christ, they're going to delight in living a holy life. Because the ardent desire of a believer is to please the Lord and to be like Jesus. It really is that simple. It will never be burdensome to live a life of holiness. If you'll come, it'll never be burdensome. It'll never be burdensome to refrain from sinful practices and avoid worldly places of pleasure. You'll separate yourself from it. Say, if God don't want that, I don't want that. Then you begin to realize it's a joy to yield to Christ and to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. It should always be remembered that if the heart is right with God, then every word and action will confirm the will of God in your life. Because holiness is from the heart. And it's to the Lord. It's from the heart. And it's to the Lord. Amen. We overcomplicate these things that are so, so simple that it all really comes down to this. Abandon what sinful desire and pleasure is and chase after what godly desires are and pursue them. 
And the less I pursue the affirmation of the world, and the more I pursue the affirmation of God, the more I walk in the spirit of holiness and the way of holiness. For the way of holiness is illuminated. It's illuminated by the spirit of holiness. There is a way of holiness to walk therein. The Bible said the fool shall not go that way because the fool is following the other path. The Bible says broad is the road that leads to destruction. That means there's a whole lot more going to be on that path than it's going to be on this path because only those that truly want to know God. Now, if you want to know God on Sundays, you're not going to find the way of holiness you just want to know God in church, probably not going to find the way of holiness. But if you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, his spirit's going to lead you and it's going to guide you. The Holy Spirit is a GPS system in you. It's going to say, turn right here. Keep going. Merge left. Police reported ahead. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's going to guide you. And it's going to lead you. And sometimes you're going to think, oh, is this really where God wants me to go? Trust him. Because if you know him, you'll trust him. And that GPS, that God positioning system in you, is going to lead you. And the lights of the Broadway are going to fade in the distance. And the laughing and the roar and the taillights and the honking on the Broadway are going to grow dim and quiet. And you'll find yourself on this beautiful way of hope. you'll find yourself more in love with God every day you wake up than you did the night before when you went to sleep. You'll not wake up in the morning trying to find ways to get out of serving God. You'll wake up saying, how can I, how can I please the Lord today? How can I serve him today? Would you stand with me? What will bring joy to my Lord today. Amen. Amen. I really hope and I really pray that the Lord speaking to you during these lessons as we talk about the way of holiness. I, I pray the Lord is, uh, I pray you're, you're feeling strength and you're feeling an affirmation from the Lord that you're, you're in the right way. You're going the right direction. And I pray that God puts some of those, uh, well, they call those things now they put on the shoulder of the road. It vibrates your ears off the side of your head. What do they call those things now? I call it driving by Braille. Rumble strips. Rumble strips. You know what I'm talking about? You cross that white line of... Lord, put some rumble strips in my life. 
I don't want any exits, just rumble strips. Just rumble strips. And Lord, if my carnality gets me veering, just... If, my, if I have prayerlessness in my life, shake me up. Because it didn't tear me up. It didn't break me down. It didn't destroy me. It was just kind enough to send me a signal, get back on the way. Sometimes this is what this is on a, on a Wednesday night. You come in or on a Sunday and the Spirit of the Lord's moving, the preaching or the teaching goes forth, and, and all of a sudden you feel, while, while, I, while I'm preaching or the preacher's teaching or preaching or whatever, and all of a sudden you feel that. That's God saying, I love you enough to keep you on the way. That's called holiness. There shall be a highway. And it shall be called the way of holiness. Would you lift your hands to the Lord where you are right now? And would you just pray that, just take a moment and say, Lord, renew me in the Holy Spirit. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, O God. <laughs> Uphold me with thine right hand, O God. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Just on this Wednesday night, amen, with the weight of the world upon your shoulders and everything that the enemy has put against you this week and everything that life has pushed against you, just begin to pray, oh God, renew me in the Holy Spirit tonight, oh God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Why don't you reach over to that person near you and begin to pray with them right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you strengthen us to walk in the way of holiness. Oh, God, let your Holy Spirit, Lord, lead me and guide me in the way and the path, oh, God, of holiness, Lord. Hallelujah. That's it. Connect with someone and just pray with them right now. Let, let their prayers strengthen you and your prayers strengthen them. Oh, I thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I thank you, Lord Jesus.
to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. And I want to be more like you. Come on, this is our prayer. This is our prayer. Oh, and I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through, and I want to be, come on, the Holy Ghost is moving here right now. Let's spend a few more moments just worshiping and reaching out to the Lord right now. The Holy Ghost is moving. God's touching lives in this place. Hallelujah. He's strengthening Come on, let the Holy Ghost lead you. Amen. Let him lead you maybe to pray with somebody. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost lead you to just strengthen someone and pray in the name of Jesus. He's drawing us closer to him. He's drawing us closer to him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. The Holy Ghost is moving in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, I want to be a vessel you work through. And I, oh, I want to be more like you. Yes, and I. Want to be more like you, Jesus. I want to be more like you. Oh, yes, I do. I want to be a vessel you work through, and I, oh, I want to be more like you. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.